superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How about them Cowboys? Well, how about them? This is the Rich Eisen Show. How about them? <laughs> how about them? Let's move on. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. When Brian Flores got fired a couple of weeks ago, that was the surprise. That was the shocker. That was the eyebrow raiser. And the reason that was given publicly by Stephen Ross, the owner, and I'm paraphrasing here, was essentially there were communication problems. Earlier on the show, Rams general manager Les Snead. Coming up, Fox Sports college football reporter Bruce Feldman. Actress and comedian Whitney Cummings. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Les Need, the general manager of the Rams in hour one. That was a fun chat. Uh, Whitney Cummings joining us in hour number three. That is going to be a blast. Um, don't miss it. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We'll take your calls this hour and next as well. Um, so much to discuss uh, on this program, certainly with uh, the college football world doing what they did uh, yesterday with uh, everything that went down uh, on uh, on signing day. Um, good to see you over there, Brockman. How are you? What's up, brother? Jay Felly in hour hey. number two. TJ Jefferson is here as well in hour number Hello, two as well. folks. Um, okay, let's uh, let's dive right into this subject. I know a lot of you folks were um, tweeting at me saying, what do you think? I got a lot of friends texting me. What do you think? DMs from some friends. What do you think? Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan. How about that? After all of that, and all I have to say about this is I knew it all along. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> knew it the whole time. I knew it the whole time. Or not. Um, so... First things first, uh, I'm jacked up about it. Very happy that he did not leave for many reasons. One of them being the building of the program took a major spike level up last year. And it would have been an awful shame to have him remove, remove himself just at this point in time. You know, to... Finish it up, follow it up, and keep building and use that as a maize and blue platform. And I'm glad that that's not now needing to be filled by the role of somebody else. You know, in February, I mean, what a major hit that would have been if he had left. And maybe, just maybe, somebody comes in and can improve things. Of course, that's a possibility. But I'm glad that we're not needing to find it. Can you imagine having to look for a college football coach right now? 
in early February. Spring practice is around the corner. National signing day was yesterday. And Michigan does not have to deal with that right now. And as a matter of fact, they get their head coach back, the one who went to the college football playoffs. And, you know, I was texting my friends in the news and information business, what are you hearing about Harbaugh? As knowing he was in Minnesota yesterday. Because I didn't want him to leave. I didn't want him to leave and certainly didn't want him to leave as well, to leave a gaping hole and having Michigan to fill it at a terrible time. At a terrible time. And, you know, I, I, I was hearing he was in the middle of a long meeting, nine hours long, like everybody else who's been interviewing for the Vikings. And when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that's a switch because I would think that somebody who is putting everything on the line with his school and is standing there and the program standing would have had the offer already in hand. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gotten on the plane. And I heard that, you know, Bruce Feldman's going to be joining us from The Athletic and, and Fox Sports in 15 minutes' time. His reporting is that um, around halfway through the interview, something took a turn and nobody really knows what that was. And I'm wondering if what took a turn was Jim Harbaugh sitting there thinking, all right, like this isn't totally in the bag and why do they need four and a half hours more of a PowerPoint conversation? I had a 69% winning percentage in San Francisco and took that team to the Super Bowl. I'm the nice. only guy in the history of football who's taken a team to the Super Bowl and a college football playoff. What am I doing here? And I'm putting at risk what I've got over there and building over there. And maybe it was just him saying, what the hell is happening? I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever going to know because nobody will ever get in the head of Jim Harbaugh because I don't think he either lets anybody inside there or whoever is such a, he does allow inside there is such a tight circle, no one will ever say anything. But now here comes the issue. And this is what I told all my friends as well, is how do we put the maize and blue toothpaste back in the tube. How does Jim Harbaugh do that? That's going to be his first challenge, most immediate challenge, and I think most important challenge. How does Michigan help him do that? A long-term contract in which the buyout is so absurd that it shows everybody he's not going anywhere. Adam Schefter says he told that that uh, Harbaugh told Michigan that uh, this was a one shot deal. He's coming back. I know his his tweet only Good. said 2022, yeah. but that that he's has no plans to do this anymore. And I know that there's plans is is the phrase that can always get broken, but. There's got to be a new contract on the table with a buyout so monumental. It's something that shows everybody he's not going to tire kick if another job comes up. He's 58. He might say that he could say all the right things. But the problem is now is anybody who's welcoming him into their house, he's got to convince them I'm not going to leave. Other college coaches have to do that, I guess. But he's the only one that took a, 
a job interview in the NFL and got on a plane to do it on National Signing Day. And you're seeing it already. I see the memes on Twitter, you know, the, the great phrase that he repeats as well as anybody else because it was his coach, Bo Schembechler, who came up with the phrase, those who stay will be champions. I already see the memes, folks. You don't have to keep tweeting them at me. Where they remove the those who stay and then at the bottom will be champions. It's been removed, will be champions. It's now those who stay didn't get the job offer. I've seen that. And so this is the issue that he will have to be dealing with. And Michigan, we're going to all have to deal with. And hopefully we can get through it with recruits not bailing or the next two, three years of recruits not not coming because of it. Because nobody that could have replaced Jim Harbaugh could match him in a scandal-free atmosphere. They could, they could match him. They couldn't surpass him. I mean, the number of times you see other schools torn asunder, you don't hear about that stuff from Michigan. And then knowing the school and the institution and having a history there, nobody can match Jim Harbaugh on that. Nobody. People could better his record against Ohio State and Michigan State, and now Jim can too, which is great. I'm just really nervous that people like even Lincoln Riley could walk in there saying, I'm not going anywhere. I just went somewhere. I'm not going anywhere. You can trust me. I'm not going anywhere. This is Brian Kelly, you know, after he does his dance. I'm not going anywhere. Clearly, I'm not going anywhere. Nick Saban's not going anywhere. Dabble's not going anywhere. And then Jim Harbaugh walks into the same living room. What's that speech going to be? Nervous about that. But if anybody could block out the noise, shine it off, and then still sign that recruit, I, I, I think it'll be him. And if you wanted to try going to the NFL, I mean, who the hell are you to sit out there and say you shouldn't, you're going to leave us in the lurch and all of that sort of stuff? You'd do that to your employer if they took a chunk out of your hide because of your performance. I don't, I honestly, I don't begrudge the man anything. I don't. You know, happens everywhere in college football. And, you know, there but for the grace of God, go anybody else. Good luck, you know, anybody else. I just wish he didn't hadn't done it on National Signing Day to a point where it's an, it's totally possible that it's damaging on so many other fronts. So I hope there's an extension coming with a buyout so huge that it does support his belief and desire to stay put. Because he could retire there. Let's go, Jim. Let's go, Blue. Let's go. Let's build off of this. I wish we could have just built off it without the dalliance with the Raiders and the Texans and the Vikings and I assume Bears and whoever else, you know, that I hope this was his, you know, hall pass. And now let's go on our second honeymoon together and, you know, make beautiful music. Yeah, the answers on this tweet from Michigan Athletics, who's got it better than us, is just ugly. It's just a bad. It's a bad Twitter just response. Everybody. It's just exact. You know. You know. Yeah. And 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 I I don't blame Michigan Athletics because it's he's Jim Harbaugh. This is our guy, and um, 
you know, he came to us and he thought of leaving. And we could just remember that one time, hopefully when he's lifting a glass egg, smiling at everybody saying, yeah, I could have done it for you, Minnesota. Too bad you didn't give me what I wanted or whatever. I don't care. However, he's motivated to do it. But keep doing it on the up and up way. We're not seeing this scandal ridden. Winning more than not. Had an incredible year this year. Let's build off it. And lift that glass egg. So how long do you think he stays is the question. I don't know, man. And we're going to keep getting those conversations. I don't know. Anybody knows? Does anybody know? Nobody knows. Man. The only person who might be able to help us know is Ward Manuel, our, uh, our, our athletic director, putting something in front of him. Get his Jim Harbaugh on it. And there's such a huge number about him having to be bought out. No one is going to come knock on his door. If he wants the door to be knocked on anymore. I don't know. He might literally have just said, well, that's that. I'm 58 years old. I'm coming back to Ann Arbor. That'll be the end of that. The issue is, as well, on all of this, having given you my two cents on Jim Harbaugh's, well, he's, it's, it's crazy. It's like Aaron Rodgers. Return, never left. You know? And Aaron Rodgers looked pretty damn good, you know, this year back there in Green Bay, and it all went hunky dory on the field. And I'm hoping that happens for 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 my alma mater. But the other problem is, is that everybody else is beating down the doors while while he was doing this. And I know that he was on the recruiting trail quite a bit while while presumably having first interviews with everybody. But everybody, you know, went out and just recruited the heck out of everything. And um, teams, programs like Texas A&M, first overall in terms of the recruiting class. Yeah, Michigan was eighth. Right. I don't know. Were they, would they have been fourth or are they going to be worse than eighth if people are like, you know, I don't believe you're staying? I don't know. I don't know. But then there's the questions of, uh, of uh, how'd you get to that first recruiting class? Well, all sorts of talk about Texas A&M um, having a slush fund for the kids, <laughs> for recruits. Like to buy ices and stuff like, like that, no, like they, Italian no, ices? No, the like idea that. being like, let's accrue the NIL money for you. <laughs> and hold it. And then you can get it from this pot. So you'll know exactly. Like when we say you can get NIL money, like this is where it's from. Like at least that's the idea that people are ascribing to Texas A&M that we're assuming everybody's going to eventually go to to let these recruits know. Even though, you know, more and more programs are using the transfer portal than anything else as opposed to getting these recruits out of straight out of high school. Because these recruits straight out of high school can go beat it on down the line through the transfer portal without anybody having to sit for a year. But once you're through the transfer portal, you can't do that again without sitting out a year. So that's why more and more transfer portals are coming into programs because you can actually have better control of their whereabouts or wanderlust. But in the meantime, just keep getting that NIL money in. So uh, um, this is in part to set up our conversation with Bruce Feldman about all this. Uh, the concept of slush funds was brought to the attention of um, Jimbo Fisher, clearly by someone on the staff, also letting him aware of uh, tweets to the effect of Texas A&M going over the salary cap, which was a tweet from Lane Kiffin <laughs> at Ole Miss. And Jimbo was having none of it yesterday when he was 
in front of a microphone at a press conference, no doubt to tout having such a terrific recruiting class. There is no $30 million fund. There is no $5 million. There is no $10 million. This is garbage, okay? And it does. It pisses me off that people, and here it comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Then everybody runs with it. So it's written on the Internet. It's gospel. How irresponsible is that? You got, I'm going to tell you, some of that, there's some very reputable writers in college football and sports that wrote it and have said it and have done things. That's unbelievable to me. There's some, I, when I first heard it, I laughed. I said, oh, yeah, what a clown. I mean, somebody, I didn't even think anything of it because I don't have social media. And it kept building, and lately I've heard more about it. To me, it's insulting to the players that we recruited that that's why they would come here. You ever been to a game here? You ever come to school here and see the education? You ever talk about the 12th man the Aggie Network when you're done? There ain't a better university in this country. And it's insulting to what you say. And all these, and we got writers who, who have said it and done it off sliced bread. A guy named Sly who made it up. Love to see who sliced bread is and put it out there with sliced bread. Let me find out where it comes from. And then to have coaches in our league and across this league to say it, clown acts. All right? Irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league. And the guys griping about NIL, griping about transfer portal, using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? I'll, trust, I'll take it with any of y'all. It's a joke. It does piss me off. Jimbo Fisher, everybody. He even yes. threw an eye out and eye it in there. I roll. Slice bread. Pissed off. A lot of sliced bread. A lot of sliced bread. I mean, sliced bread's delicious. So you don't think <laughs> you don't, you think there's there's a slush fund? Is that what you I believe? Think it's in? full of crap. That's How does a school like Texas A and M suddenly get the number one recruiting class? Well, I mean, come on now, though. What there's, do you what do you think is I don't happening? Know. I don't know. I mean, you you do, do have to give it up that the, the guy's in the state of Texas. He should be recruiting that. He should be recruiting the hell out of the state. Mm. Don't you think? I mean, he should, but he like should it's Brockman tra- said, it's A&M. A&M with all Texas due respect A&M beat A&M. Alabama. If you're a recruit and you go watch Texas A&M beat Alabama with the 12th man in that spot, you, you might have a kid at hello. You a might. A kid, but Maybe. all the kids? You might. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But all of them? All of them? I mean, respect to A&M, but it's not like it's Texas. It's not walking around going to hook them. Oh, it's just it's like, how oh, did you? Oh, not Texas. Boy, it's not Oklahoma. careful. There's like, a lot of gigum. There's a lot of gigum. I said with all due respect. I meant that respectfully. I don't know if you did. (laughs) I did. You know, I'm feeling good, Rich, after my velvet rope. I'm not disrespecting nobody all week. Well, I mean, if this was college football. (laughs) They'd be seven five-stars. There'd be no no robes over there. Oh, college football? Yeah, the the tier system for Florida State and Penn State these days. It's been a while. Almost as long as it's been for the Cowboys. That's not true. Florida State won in, uh, what was it, 13? James's? They won in 13. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break because there's lots to talk about with Bruce Feldman. Bruce. On this program. Sliced bread. Is he sliced bread? <laughs> Who is sliced bread? That's the first question I asked Bruce Feldman. I think it's Del Tufo. There we go. Yes. <laughs> well done. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or... 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number, sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. And that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. What's more surprising, Bengals in the Super Bowl or my daughter spelling out the word D's in Scrabble? I would say the Bengals easily. Bengals easily? Because we know Taylor has a way with words. We've seen her messages and her notes all through the years. So her being a wordsmith is not really that much of a shock. She has two older brothers. So those words are getting thrown around. They are getting thrown around. Yeah. Yeah. D's. (laughs) <laughs> more and more surprising. Yeah, double word score with D's. Did you get to play Luge? Oh, that's a good one. Luge, baby. Buy D's. Luge. <laughs> Maybe she's trying to get you to purchase something. Buy D's. You play Scrabble, an under, underrated Z word is just Z-A. So you could yeah. you throw the board back up there. You could. Do Are you something. serious? Yeah. Za is a, a legal Scrabble Z-A word? Z-A is a legal Scrabble what, word. What is, so is A-A. So you, yeah, A-A also. That can get you a lot. Q-I. And Q-I are legal Scrabble words. Are they really? X-U. And so, yeah, X-U is a good one, too. Why? What sort of, what, is, what words are there? They're in the official currency. Scrabble dictionary. Can I be honest with you about something, There's guys? a lot of currency. I don't think I've ever, ever played, played Scrabble. Scrabble? <laughs> what? Now, Dude. is that... Is that a culture so, thing I or just, like a black-white thing? Or? I don't know. I've just never played Scrabble you know what for it whatever is? reason. You know what it is? I play a lot of Connect Four. It's not a culture thing. You know what it is? It's it's an Altoona thing. <laughs> no, I think people played Scrabble. What is Altoona. it then? I don't know. It's just me not playing Scrabble. Yeah, I, I've ruined so many Scrabble games. I don't know. I, I Literally, I'm trying to sit here and think. Like I definitely have never played a full Scrabble game. Well, you, maybe you should. I'm telling you, it's a great, it's a great, it, it, it's a great mental exercise for my daughter. It's great, and, you get and she apps learns for it now. I mean, yeah, I swear, because words with friends. Let's because I do crossword puzzles a lot and stuff. But I've never a, just sat and done Scrabble for it. I'm not reason. a Wordle person either. Yeah, Are you? Yeah, have no. you done the Wordle? What's that? Okay. Yeah, exactly. By the way, everyone on Twitter, stop tweeting out your Wordle. Nobody cares. People are doing <laughs> what's, that, right? What's a Wordle? I have not gotten it's into it. It's a total it. thing. Me neither. It's I'm a word game it. that you play, and then you tweet out your your yeah. your board. It just got bought by the New York Times for oh, two million bucks or something figures, like that. Yeah, that's yeah. annoying. Wordle. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Stop tweeting as that. Nobody cares. Um, you know who plays Wordle? 
Slice, slice bread. <laughs> <laughs> slice bread. Over a bro Bible? Over a bro Bible. I don't Sliced even know bro bread. <laughs> I think that's where Katie Nolan got her to start, actually. Uh, is that right? I think so. How much time do we're back, Hoskins? 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Okay. And, and then our, when I say back, I don't mean. You know, I mean, I don't mean to. I'm not disrespecting the Peacock or Sirius XM no, audience. Course, I'm, talking the the I'm talking about the side. I'm talking about the the terrestrial radio audience that joins, right. and that's when I bring in guests, and that's when we, you know, we hail our our largest platform. Um, so eight four four two zero four rich number doll. If you're on hold, stay on hold. We will take your calls before the end of the hour, and then before Whitney Cummings joins us in studio in hour yeah. number three, that will be a lot of fun, as it always is. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network. Joining us from The Athletic as well as Fox Sports is a man who initially broke the news that Jim Harbaugh was thinking about the NFL and it was a very real interest. And as we saw, the interest was real. And then I guess the interest was not maybe mutual. But at the end of the day with Harbaugh and the Vikings, and it's our friend Bruce Feldman back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How you doing, Bruce? I'm doing well, Rich. Good to be on with you guys. Like right there, no problem. Right back at you. Um, so what happened with Harbaugh and the Vikings, best you can tell? As best I can tell from the sources I've talked to, Jim Harbaugh went up uh, to Minnesota with the expectation that he was going to get an offer to be the head coach there. And people I had talked to in the building were convinced that Jim Harbaugh was going to jump at it. Um, and then something over the course of this extensive interview process, and I was told – Something seemed to have gone wrong around 3 o'clock. Things took things kind of soured. And I have not gotten a, a great answer on what exactly that was um, that kind of turned things. But he did not get offered the job and is going back to, to Michigan, obviously. Um, and Kevin O'Connell is getting the job. So I don't know if it's necessarily that Jim Harbaugh is a strong personality. He's a different guy. I don't know if the leadership at, at the Vikings looked at it and said, I'm not sure we want to work uh, with him or feel like we feel like it would be best to work with him. And I think they looked at him and Kevin O'Connell, yes, they both played quarterback in the NFL, but Kevin O'Connell is a very different personality than Jim Harbaugh is. And I think at Kevin in his 30s compared to Jim in his late 50s, um, no doubt Jim Harbaugh's had a ton of success in a brief amount of time in four years in the NFL. But I think for the Vikings, that just seemed like a much more attractive proposition. And so, so without an offer, Jim Harbaugh's back as the head coach at Michigan. What are your sources saying why Harbaugh was interested in the NFL? Is it based on the fact that Michigan cut his salary and that is something that he just, you know, put, his, put in his mind and wouldn't forget and decided that uh, now would be the time to, to try the NFL? What, what happened? Why now, essentially? I heard... I had heard, Rich, that the relationship was a little uh, rocky there internally, and I think that had something to do with it. Um, and I think, look, if he was going to leave, this was the time. You and I talked about this. You know, he just just won the Big Ten for the first time in almost 20 years. They whipped the arch rival. All that stuff lined up well. Um, and then, you know, everything I'd heard from people close to him was he still wants a chance to make a run at winning a Super Bowl. And at 58, this seemed like a really ideal time. But the way the circumstances lined up and the way it worked out in his interview process with the Vikings, I think if, if it's Jim Harbaugh, and this is also from talking to some people close to Jim, was the expectation was Jim Harbaugh is different than a lot of the candidates. He's not a first-time head coach. He has been to a Super Bowl before. He was wildly successful as an NFL head coach. 
Um, it was almost like it was expected. If Jim Harbaugh wants a job, he's going to get the job. And that is not, and that certainly didn't play out this way, this cycle. And I can't imagine it, you know, like going forward because this was such a unique situation in terms of it played out so publicly. I know when we, we talked about it, what was it, a month ago or so? And then it got more momentum as, as you know, more dominoes fell. It was public. He was talking about with recruits. Guys on his staff were feeling like Jim's, Jim wants it. He wants out. Um, and you have his defense coordinator, Mike McDonald, leave after a good year to go to back to the Ravens to run that defense. And now, since you have a big vacancy on the staff, you've lost a lot of really good players um, to the NFL off that playoff team. So we'll see. Because this is not a team that has been at all active in the portal either, where almost everybody else, even you know Alabama, as good as they are, they, they've got three terrific players out of the portal. Michigan has a bunch of holes, especially on defense. You know, we'll see how aggressive Jim Harbaugh and this staff is going to be going forward because I do think there's a bunch of stuff that needs to be smoothed out um, internally there. Well, what is it? <laughs> I mean, and 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 I, I'm, I know I'm asking you multiple questions at once, which is a bad thing to do as a as a host, but I'll do it anyway. But um, did you say he mentioned to recruits? Uh, I'm thinking of going to the NFL. Like he was open on that process. That's, he was telling that's recruits. What I- my understanding was, and it, I think it was reported by one of the recruiting sites in Michigan that he was, including with like one of the top recruits they have coming in, was open with his family and transparent. And if that's the case, I mean, good for him that he was, that he was, because that's not the norm when it comes to stuff that happens around recruiting. So I think because of that, I think, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, he's definitely gone. Um, and it didn't play out that way. And I don't know if this feels like the Costanza scene from Seinfeld where he just shows back up to work and <laughs> acts like it's completely... I think that's actually a Larry David bit originally, right? Well, um, actually, Larry David did it in real life after he was fired from yeah. Saturday Night Live, and he, he put it in there. But as you know, the Michigan football program isn't the human fund. So, <laughs> you know, how, how does this work, man? How does it, how does it work now? Like, what are they going to do to make sure that recruits know he's not going anywhere ever again? I mean, what happens? I don't know if you can, you know, I don't know if you can really do anything assurance wise, no matter what you do in a contract at some point. Look, if Jim Harbaugh at 58 is going to, you know, he's not going to get any younger, obviously, but like mm-hmm. if he is going to draw more NFL interest to the point where people are going to hire him away, mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh is probably going to have, have gotten his team back into the playoff or more. It's not like if he turns around and goes eight and four, people are going to say it was a, you know, it was more of a fluke or a one-off or whatever. So I think if I'm Michigan, I'm like, I want him to be an NFL commodity because if that's the case, he's doing something right. And if he's not, you know, then we ride the Jim Harbaugh kind of roller coaster a little bit, but like, you know, I, I think the first orders of business for them are, you re, you know, obviously have to patch up things internally with the staff, probably with some of the players. I mean, we'll see how that works out, see how it goes forward with. I'm sure publicly he and the AD will, will try to put a positive face on this. And then he's got to find a new defensive coordinator. Um, I thought that was, you know, Mike McDonald was turned turn out to be a terrific hire, but they have got to they're going to have to be active in the portal and get some transfers to, uh, you know, like coming out of the spring at the very least when we expect another wave of influx in the portal. 
um, because that roster has some holes that they're going to try to repeat as Big Ten champs. But, I mean, he did come up, Michigan did, if I'm not mistaken, what, ranked eighth in recruiting ninth, class? Yeah, eighth or ninth, yeah. I mean, okay. it's a good class, but again, I mean... Did they lose anybody based on, on, on the last few weeks that you can tell? No, you know, and that's one thing that I think got overblown because the optics weren't great that he was doing it on signing day, but they were basically done. I mean, Jim Harbaugh right. given the staff off... I, what I was told is they had a junior day on Sunday, which and maybe there was two dozen prospects there. I, I think the the biggest challenge, uh, Rich, is going to be, you know, you Ajabo, Aiden Hutchinson, Dax Hill, sure. you know, I mean, Ross. You have what an incredible really year. good, incredible year, and kids that are really incredible. good players who are gone. Hassan Haskins. Well, you know, like, look, you're going to get Ronnie Bell back. They're two quarterbacks. You know, they should be better with more time in the system. The offensive line has a bunch of guys back. Mm -hmm. But they got to rebuild the defense. And I think that is the first order of business there. Because remember, you know, like this was before last year. This was the Achilles heel of that team when they played really good teams. And so I think that's, look, it's got to be back. It's got to be business as you, not, it's got to be back to work. And I think right now, you know, now that he's going full, you know, enthusiasm unknown to mankind yes. now has to be with an energy because the energy of the other people who are trying to make it to the playoff is at an incredibly high level because they're so active, you know, with the portal because schools, you know, to some degree or others are getting very engaged in how they are using NIL as a as a recruiting, you know, appeal to, to build their to stock their rosters. And I think Michigan is, is going to have to get more up to speed on some of those fronts right now. Bruce Feldman here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Let's, uh, let's move on to Texas A&M. First things first, do you know who sliced bread is? Have you ever met sliced bread? <laughs> I have not. Okay. So I have not. So is it's like the deep throat of uh, college football reporting? Um, are you all like looking around for, for sliced bread right now? Cause Sliced bread got some run yesterday, don't you think? No, you know the SEC West is wild right now in terms of there's there's a little three headed rivalry and Lane Kiffin's got his hands in in LSU's you know like ear and his fingers in LSU's eye right now between what you know he has definitely stirred it up he stirred it up on Brian Kelly's you know little gyrations on the videos nice and he stirred it up and really wound up Jimbo Fisher and Jimbo Fisher punched back yesterday and i think this is probably stuff that greg sankey the commissioner of the league is probably not thrilled about because what you're saying what you're talking about is also you know like this is the kind of thing where it it speaks to the you know it speaks to under the table stuff that now everyone just assumes is over the table and is fair game because of the nil aspect of it so now the conversations and the rumblings and the and the allegations and the innuendos are full force. And you know, back in the summer, I did a big story for the Athletic about one coach just basically saying this was what it was going to be like. That it was like, hey, I don't want to hear to tell the booster who was boosters. I don't want to hear you guys complain that you lost. We lost so and so from our state or from our region. You guys had the chance. You could pony up and you could do this. And I think. You know, people are being kidding themselves that they do not think some some very um, aggressive recruiting 
is not going on now, what involving you, a lot of players. What do we mean here? So what, like, because again, the accusation is a slush fund that very uh, rich um, benefactors for the school are putting in and basically telling the kids, this is going to be your pot of money and we'll decide how much you get based on your performance. Is that is that literally what is being thrown out there and does something like that do you think exist anywhere in college i don't know i mean i think it's i do think it's irresponsible to put it out there because you know what people are going if you use this framework right jimbo fisher just landed the the highest ranked recruiting class in the history of 247 sports basically in the history of modern college football recruiting and he did it after a team that just went eight and four you know it's not like this is alabama or this is georgia doing it um I think the 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 part that Jimbo has a point about is like if he, if other coaches are pointing the finger, it's like well other coaches are getting similar caliber recruits, so it's like oh it's only working for these you know only these only this particular school is in the dirty pool, um, you know like I think people are naive if they think oh this school's doing it and these other schools aren't as aren't as as active in it. I, I think there's a lot of stuff that is going on that is going to be hard for the NCAA to police. And whether it's to the degrees of the, of the sliced bread, uh, you know, talk, I don't know if I would go that far with it, but I do think there's a lot of things that it's going to be hard for the NCAA to get out in front of. And that's not saying that A&M is doing it and other places aren't. It's not saying that, you know, no one is no one outside the SEC is doing it. I just think that right now this has become more of an open season on how this is working in a bunch of places. Bruce Feldman here on the Rich Eisen Show, and so uh, the the process that I guess Brian Kelly was utilizing to do. Do we know what the genesis of the dancing with the recruits was? Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm I'm being genuinely uh, serious here because. These are these are conscious choices that that big programs are making to make um, to make I guess what a cool atmosphere. Come hang with us. We'll dance. We'll have fun. We'll make videos together. Or Brian Kelly is doing things that he would never have done or, or imagined to have done. You know, in the staid um, shadow of uh, of you know Rudy and 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 Notre Dame that um, that that. The kid he's dancing with, eight million people saw it. Went to Alabama when it's all said and done. Is that actually that actually is what happened yesterday? Yeah, I mean the crazy thing on that. So, so some of this, some of the social media fodder, and some of these, like you know, the, the Brian Kelly dance performances. This isn't the first one that he's done. Right, he's been at LSU. The first time was with uh, Walker Howard, who was a five-star quarterback who had been committed to LSU. And basically, I guess, asked Brian Kelly, he was like, you know, trying to convince him to come up there and dance with him. This other kid who was a tight end in state um, decided, you know, was doing it. Brian Kelly went with it. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, they were like, because of what you said, this was not like always been kind of a wild, quirky, silly guy. And this was like, wait a minute, the buttoned up guy from Boston who was at Notre Dame, like all of a sudden now he is getting his freak on in these videos at 60 years old. And, you know, a couple with that, with the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the bogus accent, the family, you know, whatever he did at the basketball <laughs> game in front of, you know, on the microphone where 
it, you know, I think it was a joke that fell flat that the bit kept on going on. But because of the videos and that, I think people were like, okay, what is he doing? And in the guise of it, I think some people at LSU were looking at going, well, the kid, the recruit, saw that he got this thing, funny or not, silly or not, got over 5 million views at the time. And it's like, well, if that entices the kid to want to play and be part of Brian Kelly's program, so be it. You know, we'll, we'll be part of it. And, you know, the fact that this kid ended up leaving the state wow. and going to say to play, I'm going to go play for Nick Saban instead. Everybody's like, wait a minute. Brian Kelly did that, opened himself up to ridicule. And then the kid doesn't even go there. It's kind of an egg on your face thing. Now, in, in, in fairness to LSU and Brian Kelly, Brian Kelly did get a five-star linebacker, a top 10 recruit to commit to mm-hmm. him you know, an hour or two later. I mean, that's the nature of recruiting. Sure. I feel like is one thing that blows up in your face and the other thing, you know, you know, works out much better. And, you know, people only remember the embarrassing stuff depending on what perspective you have. Well, I'm just wondering what the metrics are and in and, and recruiting now. I mean, we're just talking about, you know, money and, and under the table or over the table, but we're calling it NIL or we're not Vid- viral videos and things like that, you know, and, it just seems like the game has totally changed and that we're watching it change, you know, and we didn't even talk about Caleb Williams doing what we all assumed he was going to do the minute Lincoln Riley left for USC. He's now at USC. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, 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 I feel like the game has totally changed and we still don't know how it's changed just yet. Well, there's, there has always been a farcical nature. I did a recruiting book meat market 15 years ago and there was a lot of, just stuff where you just kind of like scratch your head and be like, Oh my God, this is so ridiculous. And because what it comes down to is, is grown men in this case, a 60 year old, but often, you know, 40, 50, 60 year old men, um, courting 16, 17 year old, you know, BMOCs and stars in their community and their families and, and maybe their girlfriends and whoever else to try to woo them to their place. And whatever they think works at the moment whether it's, you know, something that's definitely not above board, whether it's, you know, paying them cash or doing, you know, gi- giving no-show jobs or whatever it is, or just being super goofy in the moment because you think it's going to endear you to somebody or you think it's going to get you attention. Um, now, because we have social media, there's all a footprint of this stuff or a lot. Or there's a footprint of a lot of it. And so I think this is so, you know, it's already so far down the road and it's only going to get more so. Because some of this stuff works. Some of this stuff is effective. And, you know, it's like, I mean, not to make it a social commentary, but you have a lot of people who have, like, millions of followers on social media. And people aren't exactly sure why, but they have big followings. And so I think this kind of kind of dovetails with that, where a lot of players will end up going to sign for school. And who knows, a year from now, six months from now, they may transfer and go someplace else. I mean, the crazy thing with signing day is, and this has gone on to some degree, but I think it's more widespread now, is like just because somebody signed at a school and didn't pick your hat, a lot of those schools are still going to keep recruiting behind the scenes to get that kid to leave. And that's the kind of stuff that is going on. And I think that's, you know, that's why the whole, you know, this part of college football Mm. is such a, you know, I don't know, Jimbo Fisher's word, such a clown act. There's there's a real element to that. (laughs) 
Bruce Feldman, uh, before I let you go, just a couple minutes on the terrific article you wrote. Um, Joe Burrow is in the Super Bowl, man. And it's just two years and two weeks after winning the national championship and completing the greatest quarterbacking season maybe in the history of college football. And it feels like it's preordained because of who he is. I'll give you the floor on that. Bruce. Yeah. I mean, if, if you were like, I was fortunate enough to be around LSU, especially like the last couple of months of that season when he led them to the national title within meetings and around, you know, every practice and anybody who was there and had that perspective, you know, like you came away thinking Joe Burrow is different and he just is. I'm not at all surprised that he has led the Bengals to a Super Bowl. I'm a little surprised it's happened this fast and without much of an offensive line, but his intangibles are off the charts. He is as close to a a uh, coach on the field and a player that any college football program would have ever had. And so, you know, the story you're talking about on The Athletic, it was a lot of examples that speak to the intangibles. And it's like, you know, look, I'd be lying if I said I thought Josh Allen was going to turn out to what he's become. I didn't think he would be a superstar. Joe Burrow was one. I was like, I'm definitely banking on him changing the Bengals just because I what I knew and what I had seen and heard about him. And I think for the people who maybe are wondering, you know, like you look at the stories, you're like, okay, I get it. He's different. And it's not to say he doesn't have a lot of physical tools because he's accurate. He's a good athlete. But just the competitiveness and everything else and the belief he inspires, um, you know, he won over a program of elite athletes who were like, you know, they didn't know anything about him. He was a guy who didn't win the Ohio State job because, you know, Urban Meyer, you know, went with Dwayne Haskins instead of him. And to see what he's done, I mean, it's the Bengals. And, and nobody, nobody's not mocking or making fun of the Bengals anymore. And they won't for probably as long as he's wearing that, wearing that jersey. And it was Urban Meyer who said, yeah, you can go, right? That was what happened because Ohio State didn't have room for him, right? The Buckeyes let him go. Right. Yeah. Those, those and, and things look, I just Haskins had a had a really prolific 50 touchdowns. That year. 50 yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, he had 50 touchdowns. But, but Joe Burrow is bringing bringing not just the stats. He is bringing like he was a program changer yeah. for that. Now, look, you know, they had Jamar Chase. They had a lot of other dudes. Sure. The system was, you know, was good. But it was like it was Joe Burrow's intangibles and everything he brought. I think that was just it was a perfect fit. And it was a perfect timing. And, you know, it's not, like I said, if you are around him, you're like, I don't doubt him. And I, I'm not at all surprised. Like, I, this won't be a fluke. The Bengals are going to be they're going to be a problem for the NFL for a long time, as long as he's there. Bruce, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Great stuff, as always. We'll chat down the line. Always a pleasure, Rich. You thanks for having me. That's Bruce Feldman. Bruce, don't call me Slice Bread Feldman right here <laughs> on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, we're back with more in a moment. Your phone calls, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, everybody. We've got a new merchandise store, RichEisenShop.com. We've got shirts, hats, and a mug. Not just any shirts. Inspirational shirts. Show your respect for others by wearing the word on your chest. Or show your love of our show by wearing our logo on your chest. Get a trucker hat. Running man on the front, party in the back. And get our famous mug that celebrities five-finger discount for themselves when they come on the show. RichEisenShop.com. Order now. Please go and uh, and order um, whatever you'd like. They're they're high quality products. I have personally, um, uh, I guess, QC'd them myself. <laughs> and um, the thing I'm particularly proud of, uh, actually, it was Susie's idea. Let's come up with a T-shirt with inspirational words on it that start with the letter R E or maybe end in the letter R E. And we chose the word respect first. And I kind of dig that idea. And uh, our friend Terzo ordered up a couple. For him and his dog. Look at nice. that. <laughs> had no idea that uh, we, we were selling dog-sized shirts. Well, that dog is the size of a human. <laughs> so. <laughs> there you go. They're great shirts. I, I love that. I love that. That's so cool. Well done, Terzo. Thank you for uh, shopping and getting your dog a shirt. In the bar. <laughs> In the bar. What size is Maverick? He's also a big dog. Okay. He's 80, 85 pounds. Okay. He's big. All right. So, like, that's probably a good Not size small. Not as big small. as Terzo's, but, yeah, probably solid right. small, adult small. Okay. I like it. couple shirts, put them on in the, in the, uh, in the bar. We appreciate that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial on richeisenshop.com for all of your uh, goods and needs. Right there. Sliced bread. Didn't think that would make the today's show. <laughs> It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Right. It's just a crazy-ass world that college football is currently residing in. And Lane Kiffin throwing in, saying they went over the salary cap. I mean, Lane is here to screw things up. He's here for chaos, which is why he's so fun and a great kind of character for the sport. Right. I think they took USC's Q QB, right? I think he's in the transfer portal over there, too. Oh, really? Well, he's not going to whoever. I mean, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but. Now that Caleb Williams is there, he won't be playing anymore. Uh, so now he's at, L he's at Ole Miss. Right. He's yeah, at Ole Matt, Miss. Matt Corral going to the NFL. You're correct, going to the NFL. Yeah. And uh, Kenny Pickett and his hands are in Mobile, Alabama right now. <laughs> Hoping to get higher up that chart for Chris Brockman. Yeah. And Chris, all we have to do is just con continually repost that Joe Burrow tweet about his hands. And I feel like the hands talk will go south. If yeah. they tried to, like, yeah. hold Joe Burrow back about his hands. Did they really do that for him? Yeah, they yeah. did. He, yeah. he, he, oh he retweeted goodness. something from a few years ago. Back here on uh, the Rich Eisen Show, uh, NetSuite. Our friends at NetSuite want me to remind you, and I'm happy to do that, um, to remind you of the one-of-a-kind financing offer that's available at NetSuite.com slash rich because your poor visibility of relying on the same old spreadsheets and outdated finance software is most likely hurting your business. And if you want to see everything all in one place, thanks to the visibility and control that NetSuite by Oracle affords you, 
Well, that's why NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth and for you to switch to right now if you need to upgrade because you can have control of your financials, inventory, HR planning, budgeting, and more visible all in one spot. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And for the new year, NetSuite is a new financing program for those ready to upgrade. At netsuite.com slash rich, head to netsuite.com slash rich for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash rich. Let's go to the phone lines right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, Let's go to um, Justin in Atlanta. What's up, Justin? Hey, Rich. How are you doing? It's been a while since you dropped some knowledge about stuff in the NFL that turned yeah. out to be pretty insightful. I, I was I was listening to your program, and I want to rip the Band-Aid off a little bit. Before I get started, um, I heard uh, you said something about um, Lane Kiffin talking about uh, Texas A&M. Yes, sir. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Lane is probably listening. Lane, I know your dad. Lay off my school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All okay. right. With that, with that being said, let's let's go back to NFL. Um, if you are a player, coach, executive, or support staff in the National Football League, there's a thing called the collective bargaining agreement that all must sign if you want to be an employee of a franchise or be a part of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. And in that um, collective bargaining agreement, there's something called mandatory arbitration. Mandatory arbitration is if you have any complaint, whether large or small, you don't go directly to the court. You go into mandatory arbitration. And if your listeners don't know what a mandatory arbitration is, mandatory arbitration is a closed private meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no court. There's no discovery. There's no subpoenas. And the person that oversees that mandatory arbitration is guess who? The NFL commissioner or somebody who he designates, yeah, and that and that is Correct. where and that's where they're trying. That's where the the first order business they were trying when when John Gruden sued them earlier um, exactly. in the season. Now, so now yeah. the National Football League, the setup they they have their business model set up to where um, they're their own investigator, they're their own prosecutor, their own jury, and their own judge, and their final judgment and fines and any punishment are handed down by them against themselves. What, what what most people don't realize is if you have a suit against a, a, a franchise in the National Football League, you're going against not only one billionaire, you're going against other 32 billionaires. Right. Um, and if you have a couple of million dollars in the bank, millionaires can't or shouldn't have arguments with billionaires. It's a totally different class. Billionaires are supremely connected with governors, presidents, CEOs. No, I know, and that's why it was so many people. I'm sorry, because I'm up against the end of the hour, Justin. Correct, correct. Um, All right. So, so I, I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you two good quotes, and then I'm going to let you go, and then I'll let you let you talk to your your your, your viewers about this. An NFL lawyer, and this is a quote from an NFL lawyer. We will keep this in arbitration so long that your grandkids won't see the conclusion of your complaint. Okay. All right. That's a quote. Also, put this on a T-shirt. Wealth is the deodorant of racism. Ask Colin Kaepernick. We've never heard how much he got set, what, what his settlement was, and we never knew the terms of his settlement. 
So if they, they're going to give you money to go away, but you're going to sign an NBA and no one will know what has happened. There's been so many things that have gone on in the National Football League right. that the general public will never know because of mandatory arbitration. Justin, I got to run. Mandatory arbitration. And Joe, uh, thank you. And Coach uh, Flores will will get a settlement, and we will never. Know Hour three coming up right here. Thank you very much, Justin. I appreciate that. I'm sorry I had to cut you off, but uh, that's what the end of the hour was. I tried to, and I understand he's saying that we'll never know the end of it because of arbitration and things right. of that nature. And maybe Flores knows that he's got some lead pipe wielding lawyers. There are some people who uh, are our guest. On tomorrow's show, Charles Oakley on tomorrow's program hired them when he sued James Dolan. He hired uh, um, the accusers of Harvey Weinstein hired this law firm. I mean, Brian Flores has some true lead pipe wielding lawyers. So they totally know what the mandatory arbitration means and what what sort of um, options he may or may not have. And part of that may also be why they're like, you got to include the Belichick text. You've got to include everything. Get it all out. What else you got? What'd you think about John Elway? What'd you think about this? What'd you think about that? What'd you think about your, you know, your boss telling you, you said he he you said he he gave you that hundred thousand dollar offer. Do you have corroboration on it? Well, then we've got to throw that in there too. Because I'll tell you what, that got a lot of people's attention on this lawsuit. Clearly, like I said, what he is alleging about his ability to not ply his craft in the NFL or have a fair shake to do it is the headline stuff. But the other stuff that you could see that the media has latched onto, including us right here, what Stephen Ross is alleged to have given him or offered him to lose games, Belichick sending a text to him, mistaken identity as to who he thought the Giants were going to give a job to. <laughs> that was the first quote that they put at the top of their filing. I mean, Belichick's trending it again still today. It's been two days. And John Elway has just released a statement that we'll tell you at the top of hour number three about what his inclusion in this lawsuit and his statement on that. I mean, this is what, you know, this is what gets people talking about it and places the pressure upon the system to give you the hearing that you want, even if the legalese might not. Hour three coming up. This is the Rich Eisen Show.